Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. And hello, this is Reverend Don Lewis coming to you from beautiful Florida, and you're listening to Elder Talk Radio. And as I usually do, when I uh, do my Elder Talk, I will begin by explaining what Elder Talk is. So if you've heard this many times already, uh, please be patient. It won't take long. Uh, On Elder Talk, uh, the elders of the Corellian tradition, specifically the first priesthood, uh, the first elder, uh, and um, a retired first elder, each speak about the same subject from their individual points of view. And the reason for this, in part, is to show how people from the same organization with the same background can approach the same issue and still see different facets of it, because we believe this is a very important part of how we approach spirit, that we can see spirit from many different vantage points as humans, and they're not all going to be always the same, yet are not necessarily contradictory. So that is the purpose for Elder Talk, and this month, our subject is Gaia. And so I'm going to speak to that subject, and Gaia is uh, the common name for the goddess of the earth in Greco-Roman tradition. Uh, In Greek, it was Gi, and uh, in Latin, Gaia. In Latin, Gaia also has the connotation of universality. Um, For example, in the Roman wedding ceremony, uh, the bride referred to herself as Gaia and her consort as Gaius, and vice versa, on the premise of, um, of identifying with the universal. In Uh, Most branches of modern paganism, certainly Corellianism, uh, we regard the earth as a living thing, a a single organism, um, which is at once one creature, and yet also uh, the great diversity of creatures uh, that are found on the earth, that these are both integrated and individual. Now, I would add to this that when I speak of Gaia, I'm not merely referring to the ensouled Earth, but to the ensouled universe, that Gaia is the universal spirit, the nuos, the the spirit of all that is. Uh, So on one hand, when we refer to Gaia, we can refer to the ensouled Earth. On the other hand, we can refer to the soul of all things. And uh, in Corellianism, this idea of the ensouled universe being both a singular life and many, many lives is a very important part of how we look at the universe. And 
uh, how we look at, for example, physical incarnation. And one of the most important things in our teachings is the idea, um, which I've already spoken to a bit, that you can look at the same thing from many different angles. When we speak about deity, for example, we commonly compare it to a diamond. This is not an analogy that originates with us, but it's very important to us to the point that many Corellians even keep um, at large glass diamonds um, on their altars to represent the concept that on one hand, deity is the spirit of all existence and on the other hand has many facets that you can approach that spirit from uh, that all of the faces and names that humanity has given to deity are all valid and uh, limited at the same time no one can ever encapsulate the entire nature of deity but each can be used as a lens to view deity and to approach deity and which one is best is very much dependent on the individual and their relationship to deity. And therefore, we do not believe uh, that one form of deity is superior to another because all can be used to reach what is ultimately the universal spirit present in all things. Part of this is encapsulated by the, the ancient maxim, as above, so below. And this is the idea that the creator is never separate from the created. Um, that what exists in the physical world also exists within deity and that what exists within deity also exists within the physical world and that anything that is present in the physical world can be used as a way to approach deity because deity is within all physical things. And this is one level that we can approach deity from. And, um, Ultimately, this is the idea uh, which I enunciate um, through the concept of Gaia, the, the ensouled universe. Gaia is both the universe itself and the soul of the universe and every existence within the universe. Gaia is both the earth itself and the soul of the earth and every creature on the earth. Um, and how you look at Gaia, goddess, spirit, whatever term you would like to use, will influence how you perceive it. You can look at deity uh, from an individual level where all of these components, every life that exists, every, every image we've ever given to deity, uh, every, um, every creature is very separate and very individual. And that is a valid, a valid thing. It, it is one level through which you can approach existence. You can look at existence also as being a single spirit multiplied through thousands of forms. It's a matter of which facet of existence you place your attention on. And you can also look in between these concepts and see the connections between universal deity, Gaia, if you would, and each individual life, and how these branch out. Uh, I would compare them to, to tree branches or to um, a river delta or even to the blood vessels uh, 
the veins within our bodies. If you look at um, tree branches, root systems, river deltas, um, veins in, in the human body, you'll notice they all look very much alike in that they start from a single line and then branch out, and each branch branches further, and each branch that has branched further branches still farther uh, until it becomes very complex indeed. But it all comes from one origin. And from a Corellian point of view, the soul is the same. Uh, it comes into creation through the monads, um, which um, in some traditions would be called soul groups or soul families. Uh, we perceive them as individual, but then they spread out into the millions of souls. And at one and the same time, we are an individual life, but we're also a soul that has had many lives. We're also a monad which composes many souls, and ultimately, we are Gaia or spirit or goddess. And all of these vantage points are true at the same time. It's a matter of how you are looking and what you are trying to do. You can approach deity and existence from any of these different angles. Um, and sometimes it is better to approach from one than another. But they are not in any way mutually exclusive. And this is why... Um, we can say, as I said earlier, that all forms of deity are equally valid and equally invalid because none can ever completely capture the entire diamond, the totality of Gaia, if you would. Uh, it is the life that runs through all things and every variation. We don't even know all of the different types of creatures that exist on the earth, uh, let alone all the variations that have been in the past and will be in the future. So to say that one image can encompass the spirit, which is the ultimate source of all these things, obviously we cannot do that. It is beyond us. It is beyond our level of knowledge. Um, but we can attempt to approach it in many ways. And all of those ways will have a certain amount of validity, and all of them can give access to deity. And again, this is the idea behind as above, so below. If you wish to reach deity, you can start literally anywhere because it all leads to the same final place. And yes, starting in some places may take longer than others, but as the soul is immortal, we have all the time that we need. And as the soul is immortal, it is not a race. Because if it takes us longer to, to have a full understanding of the nature of reality because we're experiencing more reality, that's not bad. And on the contrary, it's good. Um, and so these are some of the ideas that I would put forward regarding the concept of Gaia. Now let us speak more specifically about Gaia as the spirit of the earth which is a manifestation of the spirit of the universe. Um, in looking at this, there are certain things that we need to consider that are not evident if this is not our point of view. One of them is that the earth itself can make decisions about the directions it wishes to go in 
even though we may not understand the mechanism through which this happens, that uh, changes in, um, in, the, in the nature and population of the planet are not merely random, but are directed by the planetary consciousness. Now, that does not mean that um, there are not things that can disrupt or make this difficult, but that, um, that we must look, for example, at some of the things that, that have happened historically as being um, within the desire of Gaia. Not everything. For example, um, it is our understanding that the dinosaurs were wiped out by a meteor, uh, which certainly would not have been the decision of the planet. Uh, rather, evolving mammals in their place was the decision of the planet. Today, we're looking at um, a great die-off of many species and new things coming about. And it seems to me that we must regard some of those new things coming about as being Gaia's way of reacting to the changes that are occurring. One of them, if you look at um, certain primates, there, there is a belief that we are watching them socially evolve because we are seeing them do things we did not see them do 50 years ago, uh, including a more advanced use of tools. This seems perfectly, um, perfectly reasonable to me that, um, that these species would need to adjust to the changes in their environment, and this would be ultimately directed by Gaia, though they would not necessarily have that conscious knowledge. Similarly, our own evolution is an expression of the desires of Gaia. Lady Bitterwind, the former first elder of the Karelian tradition who is now among the ancestors, had the point of view that Gaia created humanity as an intelligent species in order to create defenses against things like the meteor that knocked out the dinosaurs, that this was Gaia's ultimate goal for humanity. And perhaps humanity may even be only a step to the next form of life, which may be mechanical or electronic in character, artificial intelligence, um, we'll find out. Um, Sir Ed, uh, also a former first elder, although certainly still very much among the living, uh, believes that Gaia, like all other living creatures, uh, desires to propagate. And, you know, this only makes sense because all living things do Therefore, it must be an inherent aspect of Gaia, of existence, and that part of Gaia's goals um, for the existence of Earth includes maturity and propagation um, with other worlds in the universe. And this, too, makes perfect sense to me, because if it is a living thing, of course it wants to live. Um, but as my late mother pointed out, um, in different terms, how it lives, um, is not necessarily what we would desire. Its goals may turn out to be different. Its way of reacting to our actions may be different from what we would hope. Um, but I have no doubt that Gaia will always find a successful, uh, path that, um, there's famous saying, life always finds a way, and I'm certain that that is true. 
when I was a young person, uh, there was often a great deal made out of the image of weeds growing up through the cracks in a sidewalk. Um, as an example of the fact that nature will always survive, and I absolutely believe that to be true. And for us as humans, it's very much in our interest to make sure that our survival and nature's survival are compatible and uh, that nature will desire to keep us around. Right now, I don't think we're doing a very good job of that, and I think we need to address that. Um, but I do believe that Gaia will find her way regardless of whether we find ours. But for us as pagans, hopefully we are moving in the right direction uh, in this matter. When we speak of the ensouled world, um, of Gaia as a consciousness, one of the things this also opens to us is the ability of working consciously with it. Um, of having direct communication with nature in the same way that we would with, with, in, in any other metaphysical context. In our first degree lessons, we speak about uh, how to communicate, for example, with a stone. Uh, a common method is by personifying it to make it more accessible to you. But this is certainly true um, for anything that exists, including Gaia herself, whether... Um, as the earth or as universal deity. And this brings us back to the many forms of deity. This, this is what we do when we conceive of deity in a particular form. We are working directly with the divine consciousness, albeit through a filter that makes it understandable to us. Again, the totality of the divine consciousness cannot be understandable to us from our limited vantage point. But that does not mean that it is not accessible to us. And it is not necessary to have a total understanding of deity, to listen to deity and attune to deity and work with deity. Uh, and I would compare that to being a child. You do not, as a child, have a complete understanding of your parents. In fact, I know quite a few adults who have never come to the point that they can see their parents as, as human beings. Uh, but always have, have this artificial image in their mind. But that does not mean that your parents are not a good, uh, a good or bad influence in your life, but for the purposes of this example, a good influence. It does not mean that you cannot uh, benefit from their teaching, uh, work with them, grow with them. You do not have to have a total understanding of them for this to be possible, and it's the same with deity. Um, there will always be aspects of deity that are beyond our full ability to understand um, as long as we are incarnate in this world. Um, and until we have achieved full integration of the divine consciousness and the individual consciousness. Um, but that does not in any way mean that we cannot work with it at every step along the way. And I was always told, and I still hold, that if things are not as you want them to be, certainly you should work to change them, but you should not assume that there is no reason for them to be in that formation, and finding the reason is often the best way to change them, uh, because 
as above, so below, all things which exist are manifestations of deity, and they have come to the place they are for a reason. Address that reason and make change. So these are some of the thoughts I would share on the concept of Gaia and what I mean by that term. And again, for me, it is not only the ensouled earth, but the ensouled universe, which completely infuses my understanding um, of the universe of incarnation of magic. Um, why can we affect the world as we do? Well, partly because the same energy flows through all things. Why can we read for someone on the other side of the planet? Ultimately, we're connecting through the same energy. And yes, there are many levels. And we can look at this from many levels. But ultimately, one chord flows through us all. To me, that chord is Gaia. Deity. Goddess, however you want to say it. But to me, that is what I mean. The one chord that flows through all things. So with that, I think I will conclude my comments for this month. I hope that you have enjoyed them. And until next time, may you blessed be.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.